Welcome to the Costly Distinct Podcast. This is your boy, DJ KO. Uh, my girl, K Jack, couldn't be here today, so today we got a special special co-host today, Miss Jessica Springs. How you doing today, Hi. Jessica? I'm doing good. Hey. Oh. Jessica. Jessica decided to stop in and uh, help me out today because I needed some help, and she's uh, on this topic that we're going to talk about today. She's very uh, informative on it, so I, you know, I asked her to come in, so she decided to come in. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for the warm welcome. I love it. All yeah. the applause. I feel good. The hand clapping and everything, <laughs> right? <laughs> to the viewers, uh, I'd like to uh, say thank you guys for tuning in and uh, giving us the comments of the last show and the shows to come. Uh, as you see my ensemble today, I'm representing Juneteenth. So shout out to Juneteenth. When this does air, it's going to be Juneteenth. So uh, shout out to everybody that's celebrating Juneteenth, all the different groups that celebrate Juneteenth. Uh, the purpose of Juneteenth and uh, hopefully everybody that's celebrating is doing the right thing and uh, know what the actual meaning of Juneteenth means. So shout out to you guys. So getting to our guest today, we have a special show today, right? So the show is called Culturally Distinct for a reason because we have distinctions within our cultures, not just within our culture, but in all the other cultures, there's distinctions. So today we have uh, a group here in Houston that, uh, most of you guys may be familiar with, most of you guys aren't familiar with. So today I brought them on a show so we could get familiar with you guys so we can understand, you know, some things that they got going on in the community. And at the same time, so we can understand as a black people to understand what's, what goes on in you guys' community. Mm-hmm. So today uh, we have, representing OCA Houston, we have Eugene Lee. Uh-oh. Hola. <laughs> and we have... And we have Vivian Nguyen. <laughs> Hand claps. Quiet down, guys. Quiet down, guys. Quiet down. Nah. <laughs> so how you guys doing today? My AC is working. Okay. Wait, that's, a, that's a good thing. Yeah, right. Ercot's saying that you got to turn your AC up to 78. Man, they're like, not touching my AC. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, right. I tell you what, <laughs> if you don't have a generator right now, it's time to get one. Because uh, with this... With this uh, what is it, rolling blackouts? It's going to be hot, re- extremely hot. So, you know, hopefully you guys you know, prepare for that uh, with these rolling blackouts, and hopefully you'll be safe out there. So OCA, what is OCA for the people that do not know what OCA Houston is? Uh, Greater Houston, which I'm a part of, is a chapter of a national organization that was actually founded. The national chapter was actually founded back in uh, 1973, and it's basically an Asian-American uh, advocacy, advocacy, civil rights organization, um, membership promotion, professional development. Okay. So it has a lot of tracks to basically empower Asian Americans. Okay. So when we talk about uh, empowerment, civil rights, what does that look like as far as with the Asian group? <laughs> you want to go and type that one? That's more <laughs> up your alley. <laughs> well, there's, it's... No, because the reason... All right, so, so let me back up because I'm going too fast. So when I say, all right, when I say civil rights... Uh, the first thing pops up in majority of people's head is what? Black civil rights, right? Right, right. Uh, the civil rights, uh, the battles that we had over the years. Mm-hmm. So now when it comes to the Asian population, and when so- someone says, what is their civil rights? So that's what I wanted to go into depth with a little bit. Well, one thing that a lot of people don't um, realize and appreciate is that a lot of things in the Asian American community in terms of civil rights work mm-hmm were lessons from the African-American communities, from the NAACP, from those groups. Um, one of the things that a lot of people don't understand is the term Asian-American. 
Okay. And that term was actually founded back in, uh, I think it's like 1968. There was a group that was founded back then called the uh, uh, Asian American Political Alliance, I believe, something like AAPA. AAP, yeah. And they, and they were founded, yeah, in 68. And that was about two years uh, right after the Black Panther Party was founded. Okay. Um, so there were people that founded the APA that were influenced by the Black Panther Party, uh, the United Farm Workers, and other po- uh, political organizations. So there's definitely a connection to that. Um, in fact, I, and one of the members of um, the APA was a guy named uh, Richard Aoki. He was not only a member of APA, but he was also a member of the Black Panther Party. Okay. And in he was the Asian. A- Asian, Asian also? A- Aoki, yeah, Japanese American, yeah. Oh, wow, okay. And he was actually one of the people uh, at the time to uh, to push the APA to be a part of the uh, the free Huey movement. Okay. I don't know if you guys are fam- uh, familiar Hue- with that. Huey P. Newton, yeah. Huey P. Newton, right, yeah. right. One of, the, uh, one of the founders of the uh, the original Black Panther uh, party. party. Yeah. And basically he was jailed because he was accused of, uh, was it shooting a cop? Was it killing? Was it a kill? Yeah, it was, I, th- I believe it was, uh, he uh, was accused of killing a CIA uh, undercover agent. Something like that. Yeah, this yeah. story gets deeper and deeper. Yeah. yeah, yeah so. so basically, um, yeah, uh, through that, they, uh, the AP actually like was part of the, uh, the free Huey movement okay. of, of the time. And so I think a lot of people don't realize that there was, a, you know, a lot of people don't realize that Asian Americans and the African American community actually like work together, you know, um, in each, you know, for each other's causes because they realize that, you know, all these systems of oppression affect all of us. Okay. You know, they just don't realize, you know, that there's like a back history of it. There's like a history of people working together. Um, I think, what was it? I was just reading something about that after, um, after, after, uh, after Huey Newton was, uh, was released, like a few months after he got released from jail, he was actually invited uh, by the government of China to visit, to visit the country. This was back in uh, 1970, I think. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about like, you know, old communist China. So he was invited to uh, China to actually, you know, talk to some of the, lo- uh, you know, the government leaders and to kind of learn about the system. So it was, you know, you know, imagine um, a, a, um, a, a black leader being invited by an Asian nation. Right. That's big. So 1970. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to. Uh, it, was, it was a big deal. And I think a lot of yeah, people don't know about deal. that history. I didn't know that. Oh. Uh, I want to, I want to, the things, uh, you know, the things we don't, none of us know. Yeah. That's why I got you guys here. Cause a lot of stuff that we, you know, uh, well, me personally, I'm ignorant about in the Asian community. Cause the thing is we don't have conversations, even though we're, I have Asian neighbors mm-hmm. and I, you know, I communicate with them briefly, but I don't communicate. Like they don't come over for crawfish balls or, you know, and I don't know their lineage. They don't know my lineage. So we just know what's face value. Right. So I want to go back to a word that you use, uh, in your last uh, comment, you said oppression. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about oppression, of course, we know uh, black oppression and, you know, things go on and, you know, with the black, black, you know, black uh, race. Mm-hmm. What does something uh, for us oppress, like for the Asian, for the Asian population, what is, what is uh, oppression looks like? Well, it definitely doesn't look like black oppression. Okay, that's t- it's 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 not that severe. Nothing nothing is that it could be that severe. Okay, so that's something I want to just say flat out, and just to let you know the black community know that you know we totally understand. 
and we're not here to say like our oppression is just right. It's not oppression Olympics. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Right. There's no yeah. There's no winner to this. <laughs> we don't want to win. <laughs> right, right. No, the 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 no the winner the the wi- winning means no more oppression. You know, wi- right. the you know winning means no more hyphen hyphen Americans. You know, that's that's what winning really means. But we're we're not there yet. Okay. Cool. Um, but in terms of you know the kind of oppression that uh, Asians have faced in this country. You know, we can go as far back as the uh, the nineteenth century with uh, with Chinese exclusion, exclusion you know, act, the exclusion act. There were several acts beforehand, like the Page Act, but the Chinese exclusion act basically was the first piece of uh, you know law enshrined the a law. Legal law. It, it was in a America. law that they basically passed this to like deny entry, to, you know, for you know for Chinese people. Oh, really? Specifically, yeah. okay. There was no, you know. One of the earliest laws of immigration, it was basically to deny entry. Oh, wow. And this was what year? Well, well not exact, but what round? What 18, year? 1800s? Oh, oh, 1860s, 70s, somewhere around something there? Something around there, but okay. it, it expands for quite a, quite a while. And I remember following those cases, there were some people that tried to, apply, uh, what was it called? Free people where Asian people or Chinese people were trying to uh, apply for citizenship. And couldn't do so because there's only black or white in the book, uh, in the census. Okay. In so America. In America. In America. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. And the only reason I, I do know about that, but by trade, I'm a teacher. So the good news is, I, I mean, it's not good what happened, <laughs> but the good news is that was actually in our curriculum. So that's why I'm aware of it because I. Wow. That wasn't, yeah. that was, they yeah. never talked that in our stuff. Yeah. And that's so. the problem. It's not so much that you're ignorant. It's that we are withheld a lot of information in history. I remember for a while, especially like in black history, a lot of history book doesn't really focus as much unless it's like black history month. And then even if you now specifically like Asian history, it's like a small like sub chapter. Right. So it's not like so much you're ignorant. We're being withheld information. And because of that, they divide us. Because collectively, as minorities, we 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 could unite and become pretty strong, but the majority wants to have the power, right? Right. And because they don't spend the time talking about our individual histories, they don't get to some of the nuances where uh, our different communities actually did come together in a lot of different ways. It's mm-hmm. just not known in the regular public curriculum. The media will not speak of that. That you didn't know that in Korea and Japan people were marching for Black Lives Matter, like right. over 4,600 um, Koreans, because they see the in- injustice in America. Right. And it happens everywhere, and we have to be aware of that. Obviously, it doesn't happen as much in homogenous country, mm-hmm. but countries like America, and you have like England, and you have all these places that have different races. Racism will always be there. It's something that will never go away. If there's more than one group, discrimination is going to happen. So do you guys think, in saying that, do you guys think that when you come to America, you you have to pick up a certain way of thinking? Because, like you said, in in like Japan and in Hong Kong and in Vietnam, uh, there was there was a marching for Black Lives Matter for Americans for Black Americans. But it seems when I guess certain groups, not just Asians, but certain groups, when they come to America, they got to pick up a certain characteristic from a certain person a person's economically almost like assimilation is that what you're right. saying so like they assimilate it's, it's one thing really hard as immigrants 
is there's a fine line between acculturation and assimilation. Is how much okay. do you re- retain tradition and how much do you assimilate? And there's always a battle. And I think a lot of minorities we have, um, or like in, not black, but other minorities will always have this identity crisis. Like, what am I? Who am I? Right. Because you're Amer- let's say you were born in America, or you were raised in America, so you can have American values that would crash or clash with your traditional, like your parents. You know, like. You know how Asian parents can be really strict, <laughs> and like you no, can't go. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have A's all the time, and you can't date until you're thirty. <laughs> it's like wow. it's, there's there's a lot of things 30. like that. Jeez, Louise. Yeah, there's uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> if, if you go online, there's a, a very famous meme. It's like the Asian dad meme, which mm-hmm. talks about all of these like uh, like disappointments and expectations from like your Asian from Asian parents. Wow, but I think that's I think that's majority of people that come from different countries. I know Africans; they're like that too. Yeah, like my Nigerian friends, yep. they are very strict with their kids, and um, same thing with Jamaican friends. Like my Nigerian friends, their parents actually discriminate more towards black people than right. other race, and I always find that really baffling. But you know, you get to the why, and it's again, it's an overgeneralization. It's not true. And it's it's kind of saddens me a little bit. It's like I try not to judge people. Mm-hmm. It's always case by case. Right. Yeah, and I, I look at it also uh, as a, uh, a evil and good thing. Like the same person could do good to you, that same person could do evil to you, no matter what the color is. It could be mm. black, white, Asian, exactly. whatever. Because, you know, people have different backgrounds. They have bad days. They have kids. They have wives, husbands. You know, sometimes you just don't feel like dealing with it, and sometimes you might have a bad day. You might catch that person on a good day. Come back and catch that person on a bad day. So let's let's uh, fast forward to uh, stop Asian hate. So this is a big thing that uh been going on uh, for the last, if I'm not mistaken, last year, right? Where stop Asian hate became a big, big, big thing. It's broadcast more. <laughs> okay, so it's so it's, you, so it's, it's been going on. It's been going on. It's been building up, um, especially with uh, you know, I think I think part of it was actually from the previous president. Um, a lot of a lot of things he said, and you can just like do like a quick Google, uh, quick search. Okay. Uh, a lot of the uh, anti-Asian comments that have been made uh, over the times, especially, um, you know, part of it has to do with the anti-immigrant uh, feelings uh, from certain groups of people. Also, but I think what made it much worse was uh, COVID-19. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Um, co- because COVID-19 really just shut down the economy and you know the the questions about what happened in China, um, it really brought out a lot of anti Asian sentiment because people feel that you know China was responsible for it. Right. Um, but part of the problem, part of the problem, and this is where it becomes racist, is that when people you know blame China for it, then the next thing you're going to do, they're going to blame Chinese for it. Correct. And then they're going to say, well, I can't tell what Chinese looks like, so I'm just going to blame Asians for it. So. In this country, all Asians got the blame, um, and got the and, and have been you know blamed. They have been insulted. They've been targeted, and so mm-hmm. there's all these incidents of hate that have been going on. And part of it is definitely due to uh, the pandemic. Yeah, that's yeah, that's one thing that uh, and I don't really watch the news often. I don't because you know news is all bad. Everything is bad on the news. Nothing it's very skewed. It's yeah. very biased. Yeah, and well, that's 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 how news works, right? You know, right. you know your eyeballs. Everything and it sells, right? It's like it's a clickbait. They just want like really it's fear. Like they they yeah. highlight fear. The more fear you have, any the more they can sell to you. Uh, but uh, 
by me looking at that and by, like you said, the last president, how uh, with the COVID-19 uh, situation and how they said it came from China. The thing is, and this is this is just not in my culture. I think it's in a lot of cultures. When you say uh, China, they're going to say, uh, somebody that's Vietnamese, they're going to say, oh, that's Chinese. You see what I'm saying? They can't uh, tell the difference. They can't tell the difference. It's like, you know, most white people can't tell the difference between a black person or Jama- Jamaican or Nigerian. You know, they just say, you got dark skin. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's, that's crazy. Uh, Jessica, questions? What I've found is that Asians and blacks overall, again, I'm generalizing, don't seem to come. I'm just going to be blunt. We're not going to sugarcoat it. Yeah. Um, but this isn't a generalization. Uh, don't work together. So when you were saying that, I guess it kind of made me sad and disappointed thinking about the current state mm-hmm. that overall uh, we just don't support each other mm-hmm. uh, and come together, uh, you know, in communities. We're still very segregated, very separated, and uh, I still see just a lot of tension and uh, I guess almost almost hate against blacks and Asians, both, you know, sides. So at the t- uh, so at the time, some of these people in the South went over to California because uh, you know the the gold rush, right, right, and they brought with them uh, discrimination. And one of the re- one of the ways they did, uh, discriminated against is they did not like the fact that at the time of the gold rush that there were like all these Chinese laborers coming in, uh, you know, coming in for the gold, you know, to you know coming in to be laborers and to work in America. Okay. And so a, lot of, so a lot of that started over there, um, the anti-Chinese sentiment, you know, where they didn't want Chinese to come in. And there's some old ads that they showed where it says, like, you know, we need to build a wall. And they're showing people building a wall. And on the opposite side of the wall, you see these old caricatures of Chinese people with, like, the long the pigtails long and pigtails, everything. Long pigtails, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, and here, so here's the interesting thing. Um, at the national level, those folks wanted to uh, pass like anti-Chinese uh, laws, but they didn't have the traction. They didn't have the votes. The Deep South, on their end, they wanted to end all the laws that gave black people rights. Right. Um, so what happened, those two sides made a backroom deal. You pass my laws, I pass your laws. Okay. So during the time, so when they when they when they ended the laws that that you know enabled like Afri- um you know newly freed African Americans, with within a few years they passed similar laws to uh, discriminate against uh, Chinese. Mm, okay. Can't own land. Can't buy buildings. Well, you know what? Vote. And so and so 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 basically, the discrimination happened, and it was the same people working to disenfranchise both of our groups. I got you. So there yeah. was basically uh, in a in a back room saying, okay, cho- uh, picking each other, choosing each other, picking, e- fighting each other, making each other fight against each other. Well, it's more while they're scratching each other's back. Yeah, right. Exactly, because you know the same uh, the same racist folks on the West Coast didn't want more Asians, and the same racist folks in the South didn't want you know empowered Black people. Okay. So all right. So that's a, that's interesting. So. A lot that, of history being that's, learned. That's, that's history. Because um, I'm looking at, that's history, but I'm looking at it now, today in today's time, because what's funny, in, con- in on a national level, in Congress, they passed the bill for Stop Asian Hate. So, uh, but. Look at the people who didn't sign it. So I, I, didn't, I didn't know, I just knew it, it was signed, and it was, it, it was, was, it was, it was, it was almost, it was almost down party lines. 
Okay, so look, look at the people. Look at the people who didn't sign it. That's so, that's all I should. That's, that's all I need to say. And then you just look at the people. We're not going to name names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but, okay. So I, the reason why I asked that because it's like a lot of people, a lot of a lot of blacks are upset because for the last hundred years they've been fighting for different. You know, the, 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 the Jim Crow and, 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 and segregation, all that stuff. They've been fighting for their rights just to be five fifths human. And it's 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 funny. Other, and and there's and and they're still and you you guys are still fighting right and still haven't had any laws passed for and I, I, I'm not saying it's you guys but I'm just mm-hmm. saying in general what you guys are saying how these backdoor deals happening maybe that's what's going on and they're using us to fight against each other in the public versus the ones who have the big money behind closed doors. Well, the thing is with the the anti hate laws for uh, um, the anti the um, anti Asian discrimination laws and mm-hmm. everything. I mean that was easier to pass because. So much was happening at one time in terms of the the rising escalation of crimes, right. the the shooting at Atlanta, um, you know, all those were just happening and to the point where non Asians not only saw, but they couldn't deny it anymore. It was in their face, right. And so passing this law was actually politically easy to do. The harder thing to do for the black community, I think, was how to deal with people like George Floyd. Right. Brianna Taylor. Right. Police brutality. Exactly. So it's one thing to pass a law saying we need to fight anti-black hatred, but other people wanted even more legislation. Like we need to like defund the police. Um, we need more training. We need more community development. Right. Uh, more accountability. Um, and those things were much much harder to pass. Um, those more entities those, those pass that because you're telling another entity, a government entity, what to do. Whereas this bill, to me, feels like, don't do it anymore. Like, it was just a slap hand. There's, like, no real re- reinforcement. Right. Uh, there's like, no, yeah, no teeth. There's, like, no teeth. There's no... <laughs> but it helped. But it it's more like a... Pol- I feel like it was more of a political move for Biden. It's it's a start. Well, that's, it is. That's, Everything's that's, political, of course. It's, you it's, know it's, 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 it's a start. That's what that, that's what that bill is. It's just a start. And I think it's and economics too. Go ahead, Jessica. Yeah, I think where Adam's coming from, and I feel like because we've had conversations behind the scenes, is that although blacks are very happy that that passed, and we want to support you all, or at least me and Adam, people like me and Adam, that's why we're here today. The reality is, let me just be blunt: we feel frustrated that you know other black laws have not passed, and it's blatant. There's blatant things, and I get the police thing. You are absolutely right. It's that's a government whole. Uh, entity but it gets frustrating as a black person to constantly see things in your face and we struggle to get anything done mm-hmm. legally but one of one of, one of the fr- one of the frustrations is that um working with different uh, asian uh, asian american community groups a lot a lot of them are very, actually very progressive behind the scenes okay and they do support black lives matter okay the problem is probably several fold. One, we're a really, really small voice. And so even if we say somebody something, nobody notices. Outside of our communities, nobody notices. Okay. Uh, so it's a matter of like nobody knows that, you know, different different Asian groups do support, you know, African Americans and all the in all their um, you know, struggles. You know, that's 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 one problem. Another problem is that um, there's not that many of us. You guys make up what, what nine percent of the population? Maybe yeah, not e- not even a dime. Probably nine. You know. not even the dime. Yeah, because there's a lot of 
um, especially here in Houston, there's a lot of foreign people who are on residency, right? a lot of international students, so there's a lot of in and out, they're not really situated here. And then moving forward is that I want to say, and you could correct me, is that there is a huge mindset difference between Asian and Asian American. Okay. Like I'm, a lot of people in my generation, we don't really relate to our parents. Our mind is more f- progressive or more forward thinking. We are more um, sensitive and, to- and, and I guess tolerant. Okay. And I wanted to say um, there was a lot of, Asian people marching here in Houston for the Black Lives Matter, but you don't see our faces because people were like, 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 like I said, our voice doesn't really matter. We get passed up for promotion, even though we do better work. Like people right. are like, uh, uh, he's not good enough. He's not outspoken. Like because we don't really generally speak up. Yeah, that's and, true. And, and so when we do speak up, you know it's really bad when grandmas are getting kicked in the face. Um, I remember going to the Galleria, someone in trucks says, go back to China. Like mm-hmm. this one, you know, our previous president went inauguration. Like I'm in Houston, I feel like we're protected in a bubble because sure. you don't really experience a lot of Asian hate unless you go to the square state. But for me, it was the very first time besides being bullied in school um, for being Asian. Okay. And I'm not even Chinese, like full Chinese. So I was kind of like thrown back because of that. And, I just also want to say that I grew up in the hood. Okay. <laughs> I grew up in the hood, and I know a lot of Asian people are kind of like me that grew up listening to like Paul Wall, Slim Thug, DJ Uh-oh. Screw. Uh-oh. Like you guys, don't, but you guys don't know that. You think we're like, oh, just you, studying you like coming into. Yeah, I'm not. I'm both. I used to live in California. <laughs> I used to live in California Valley. So there's you have to understand like us as a group, and I think this is where like you're overgeneralizing. Like there's many subgroups. Right okay. and Houston Asians, the reason why you're not going to see a lot of like a lot of a- anti-Asian hate here in Houston is that first of all we're Asian Texan, so you mess with us, right. most likely we got a gun. <laughs> right, and it's the, it's it's real diverse here. It's they have really every diverse single here. race here, and this yeah. yeah. So it's and it's it's yeah. Houston is very beautiful. Um, I lived in multiple places, and I keep coming back to Houston because y- you have the food scene, you have the v- events, there's always something going on, and so I'm really surprised to see, like, s- if someone is getting kicked in the face, regardless of race, mm-hmm. we're st- and then I think it's, mis- I don't know if it's a southern thing, it's like, I'm gonna stop that person right away. I don't right. care if a couple is fighting, if that man lays hand on a woman, I'm gonna say something, and if, like, I don't care if you're, like, having a black and white issue, if something's right. going heated, like, you want to break that up. I'm very much, like, if I see something, say something. I have a, I have, I'm glad you said that, because I was going there. So, you said something, and I wanted to ask this question. And just because you might be want to ask this question, too, but I'm going to ask this question. So, you say you, you're from the hood, right? So, you you, you relate. <laughs> I I'm grew saying, up. I'm like, you know, you say you hood, years. but you Vivian's understand. Vivian's like, look, don't, <laughs> right. don't put all that on me. <laughs> okay, okay. I could get hood. Okay. Because I not only grew up... Like, I went to Sam Houston High School. I don't know you guys know where that is. Um, it's, it's near Fifth Ward. And my mom also have a nail salon as well. And I know a lot of sentiment, yeah. sentiment is that a lot of Asians open businesses in black neighborhoods. Yes, I was going there. So go I ahead. was going there. I go was ahead. going there. So I was going. So economically, uh, when, when you have a lot of Asians, from, my, from, from what I see, you have a lot of Asians that move into uh, a lot of real, impoverished black neighborhoods. From uh, convenience stores to nail salons to uh, uh, 
uh, cleaners, cleaners, liquor stores. Mm-hmm. Right. Clean, yeah. yeah. So, and my thing is, I have no problem with that. You know, opportunity is given to whomever. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, if you move in, this is me. Now, anybody could do what they want to do with their dollar. But if I was to move into a community, I would start hiring most of those people in that community to relate. But when I go into a nail salon or, or, or if I go to a hair, hair, hair place where they do the hair stuff, I don't see no people in that community in the store. And then the experience, and I, had to get, I get everybody is different. You know, everybody's not the same. But the, the attitude towards the black person in that community is being, they're treated, like, horribly. Mm-hmm. So, so I know that's – go ahead. You want to start off because the thing is, I oh, know no. it's, you're going to ask her, and now you're going to put it. She says she had a potato. Hot potato. Okay. Well, let me let me. Uh, okay, I'll, I'm going to be the history guy again. So uh, let me mention. That's why I brought him in. Yeah. Okay. So let me mention something um, that we uh, just screened. So our organization actually has uh, an Asian American film festival called Happy Fest, okay. Houston Asian American Pacific Islander uh, Film Festival. Is that coming up right. Oh, it already passed. You missed it, girl. You missed it. Uh, It was just our 17th anniversary. We're we're the longest-running Asian-American film festival in Texas. Nice. uh, Continuously. Um, And one of the the films that we screened is uh, is a documentary called Far East, Deep South. It started off as a short and then turned into this, like, hour-and-a-half documentary. And basically, it was about this um, uh, Chinese uh, man, you know, married with kids and... He would always ask his, you know, father, like, you know, hey, you know, what was, you know, what was, you know, what was your life like? You know, do you know what was, what was uh, your dad's life? What was grandfather like? And his father would not say anything. He was like, oh, it was hard, but he okay. would never say anything. And one day, um, they decided to uh, visit um, a town where apparently his uh, his dad was at um, in Mississippi. Okay. Oh. I, I saw that one, yeah. Yeah, it was a, there's a couple of families in the Delta. Yeah, I'll, I'll show you the video. I'll link it to you later. Yeah, and apparently his father actually, like, um, like um, uh, the the main character, um, his father, his father's father, his grandfather, actually lived in uh, in the Deep South. He lived in Mississippi. He actually had a store in the you know within the African American community. Oh wow! Um, and this is stuff that um, his um, his father didn't know his because his grandfather didn't tell him a lot of things up up uh, to his son. So there are all these questions about like, you know, did, you know, why did my, why did my dad not talk to me? Why, you know, why didn't he communicate? And it turned out that he actually wanted to. Uh, and it opened up this whole discussion of Chinese people in the deep South in Mississippi with the, with the black community. And it was really, really stunning to see. It was like, it was very hard, you know, very, very heartfelt. You might get a little teary-eyed in a few places. But one of the things um, I came away with, and it just reminded me, one of the reasons why you saw and why you still see, like, Asian businesses in black communities, mm-hmm. that's all, that's, that's the only place we could have a business. Oh, wow. White okay. folks wouldn't let Asians set up a business. Mm, they didn't okay. want they didn't want Asian people in business. They didn't want black people having a business in their community. They didn't want Asian people in, in, in the community. So where would an Asian person set up business? The only place he was allowed to in the black community. So part of it is historical. That's another way of uh, oppression. Oh, okay, okay. E- economically, you know, oppressed. That's why you, there's this history of these Asian businesses in black communities. 
Oh, wow. So there's, you know, it's not, you know, so in the beginning, it was just more of like, you know, we're all, we're all being oppressed equally. Well, I we're not equally, but we're all being oppressed. We're not allowed to, you know, operate in the same space as the folks in power. Right. I can definitely speak to that in my neighborhoods that I grew up. Redlining was a thing. Mm -hmm. And Mm. most of the, to speak to your point, most of the neighborhoods that were redlined, it was Asians and blacks. Uh, going back to Adam's point, and again, we're not all we're we're not the only black representatives. You guys are not the only Asian exactly. representatives. I'm speaking right? for the black but, people. No. But you know, <laughs> we're we're here Ooh. as a. Black <laughs> I mean, the, it's about having these raw, real conversations, right? It's for people here because we only have us here. I, again, I want to go back. I love that history, but we're trying to figure out. We really are because I want to solve it. I mean, or help at least be a piece of it. We're only a few of us. Uh, why do Asians seem to have such animosity? Some Again, Asians. I'm broad. Yes, some. Yeah. But overall, what I, Adam's coming back to when you go into their stores and workplaces, a lot of them, that's just my experience, even here too, mm-hmm. is that you? there's just a lot of animosity, at least the behavior and attitude towards me and others that I'm with that are of color. Mm-hmm. So it's a person of color. So you see versus, that yeah. they're being they're treating guess the other majority group better than ethnic group? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I think it's more of a recent phenomenon. Like I mentioned in the movie, um, Mm -hmm. Asian Asian businesses had actually worked with in the black community, setting up businesses, and they actually had really good relations. Um, You know, back back then, part of it is language barrier. A language barrier. Okay. You know, a lot a lot of the people that came in there, they didn't speak English that well. So you know. A lot of times when you have these, you know, small businesses, these small businesses are, they're family businesses. Right. You know, it's not like, it's not like there was an SBA, you could just apply for a loan and just hire, you know, whoever, you know, whoever's in the neighborhood. You just came here with your family and you just hired, you know, family. Right. Because that's, that's all, that's all you knew. Um, so it wasn't a matter of, you know, at the time, there wasn't really a matter of them hating other groups. It's just, they didn't know. I got you. That's um, fair. That's very fair because it is family. A lot it, it, of it, a it, lot it, of immigrant. It's, it's very family owned, family and owned. you know, if you talk to some of the older folks, you know, they might be nicer, but you can tell they have a really thick accent. Right. You know, they don't have the vocabulary. I mean, it's the same thing like taquerias or like uh, carnicerias, other ethnic groups. You go to like an Arabic store; it's gonna they're barely gonna speak English, and we're all right. in our own little silo. I think what makes it nail salons is that. It's a very intimate experience. You're literally, your hands is in the hand of another person, and it's kind of awkward when someone doesn't speak English. And I worked at my mom's nail salon, and I treat everyone with respect. And I think because I'm so Americanized, I don't see color. Okay. I I don't... You see color, you just don't reference it. I don't, yeah, I don't discriminate. Right. Like, my cut, my... Like I said, my... I grew The high school and my mom's salon is, like, two miles away. So... A lot of us who own in those <coughs> stores are living really close. We live in the neighborhood, too. Okay. And so you'll see a huge difference in attitude between the parent and the child. Because we speak English. We speak the lingo. Yeah, that like, is true. I could speak, that you know. That is true. You know, I could speak hood, you know, like, don't play me, you know. How you like, speak hood? See, <laughs> you're discriminating right now. Now I mess with you. Well, well, well hood is, is, a, is a broad term. Because, right. because, like, my high school, I was the only Asian. Like, it was, like, there was, like, three Asians in my high school. So it's really hard for me to navigate in that. Like I was discriminated my whole life. Yeah. 
It, it's really hard. They, they're like ching chong. I'm pretty sure you hear that yeah. ching chong or you eat dogs. Like I face that all the time. Right. And I know as I get older, like it doesn't feel good. Right. Right. And and people teach like parents allow that to and and that's why I'm I'm usually with my friends and their kids are acting up. It's like you shouldn't teach them that because it's instilled. We're all born as a blank slate. Right. That hatred is taught. That discrimination is taught. You're not te- you're not teaching your kids tolerance or being sensitive towards people with differences. And for me, it's emotional because like my mom just recently sold her nail salon, and I just last year. And so this is I'm 35 now. So I gr- was there in that neighborhood, my mom's salon since I was 15 years old. Oh, wow. And so I have developed a lot of relationships with my clients, Mexican and black. Okay. Like, they, I have their phone numbers. They're like, hey, can you come to know how can you design? Like, I'm, they see me grow up. Okay. And so I'm really connected. So you'll definitely see that difference in attitude between Asian and Asian American. And so when you say, like, why is this aminosity? It's because our parents don't speak English. They don't know the culture. They don't understand the way because they only know how they lived in Vietnam or in China or in right. Korea. So there's a cultural difference too. Whereas like other Western culture, it's very similar to American culture. Like European, it's like when they immigrate over, it's not a huge transition. Right. I mean, like, you know, you, you know, people in America, they're not going to tease a German for eating like, oh, you're eating sauerkraut. That's disgusting. Right. Whereas here, um, some of the things that Asians are, are, are discriminated against are 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 not completely unique, but it's much more tar- um, targeted to Asians. In terms, for example, food. Okay. You know, I mean, for, I mean, you know, you know, compared to the black, you know, compared to black community, um, in terms of the kind of like stereotyping, you know, the food might be about watermelon or chicken, right? That's, oh, black that's, people eat watermelon and chicken. Oh yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> and no, you no, just no. can't tell a black <laughs> person that's, that we eat. Right, right. Like but we eat right, watermelon. Right. It's like a Dave Chappelle skit. <laughs> <laughs> No, that, no, that stuff is delicious. <laughs> right. All right. Especially in the summer, watermelon. It's right. Know, good, it's a good deal. But, you know, but if you're Asian, you know, you get teased in a very negative way about your food. Okay. Whether it's, whether the worst ones would be like, you know, do you, you know, do you eat dogs? Dog, do, you, yeah. do you eat pets? Your food stinks. Or your, 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 yeah, your, yeah, you know, what are these chopsticks? That's not a real utensil. Um, you know, your food smells because it may have like fermented fish or fermented right. know, items that don't resemble Western food. You know, there's all, you know, there's all these things that, um, in terms of just, you know, being degraded because of the food that you eat. Um, you know, I think, I I think a lot of, uh, Asians, uh, uh, first generation who, uh, who grew up here Mm -hmm. probably can sympathize, if not empathize with moments in their lives when they didn't want to eat their own food. They didn't want to eat food from the parents because they were teased by their by their like you know their non Asian peers, and it's like oh we want to fit in, so we want to eat the food that they eat. We don't want to eat our own food. Definitely, a lot of I talked to a lot of my friends, and there are moments like I said I was discriminated my whole life. There are moments in my life where I wish I was white. Oh wow! Like I hated being myself because I was so different, and it took college. Took I went to U of H. It took college for me to appreciate my culture. Why you wish you were black? That's what I was about to say. Mm-hmm. Why you was, why, see, see, so, so look, there it is. So you said, because the white, I guess, you know. Well, actually, I wanted to be white or black because I always thought black people were really cool too. And uh-huh. so I grew up, like I said, 
around a lot of black customers, but like it's always like that. I wish I was the majority because black and whites were the majority. And but you know, blacks were treated a certain way though. That's why you say white because whites had the upper hand to a degree. The, I romanticize because my name is Sheila. That's my government okay. name. And I definitely romanticize like, man, because I feel like the black group is so tight. Like you can, what I really like is that you could be a brother and then you see another black person. You're like, you say, what's up? You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you, you chunk the deuce. And I was like, Asian people were like, you know, <laughs> like we don't really greet each other or we don't like. Really? No. Not, not like that. Not, not like that. Like you guys like really? instantly like bond, you know, like, like you don't do like vibe. the fist at all. Yeah. <laughs> like it's no, that's, 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 abs- that's absolutely from like the black community and, really? every, and everybody else is riffing on that. Just. Just so, straight up. Uh, I didn't know that. So so if, if if I was from Japan and somebody say I have a neighbor from Japan and we didn't know each other, I wouldn't go over and communicate with them. It's and they live here. It's uncommon. Really? It's uncommon. Yeah, I mean, it's, unless they find see mostly if you're Japan and your neighbor's Japan and you're in Houston, they probably think they're each other's Vietnamese or something, you know? And quite honestly, like my neighbor is Vietnamese and I don't even go say hi to them because they're really? like, because and, and, they're yeah. old school Viets. Like, I don't hang with the old school. We call FOB, like fresh off the boat. I'm Americanized. I don't hang out with people who just immigrated here because, like I said, I'm American, and they're hold on to the motherland way. <laughs> I got you. There's, okay. there's, there's, there's culture that comes from being a, tr- being a traditional, traditional that, you know, when you come here, it's like, well, I don't know if I like that part of the culture. I got um, you. You know, it's, and, it's, and this, is, this, this is part of, you know, this, this is part of the Asian-American experience because... On the one hand, we are Asian from whatever Asian country. So we have our, the culture and our traditions and our family backgrounds. Mm-hmm. But we're in America. So now we have to deal with what it means to be American, you know, right. what, it, what it means to have American values. What, you know, what are American values, right? And then you know, they ask us, okay, well, you need, you know, like how do you bridge the two? Um, and they just tell us, well, you got to figure it out. It's a duality. <laughs> it's, it's, a ver- it's, very, it's a battle. Sometimes it's a battle. It because is. you want to make your parents happy, but at what cost? Because sometimes it's more like you have to live with your parents till 30, or you can't do certain things. Like, one of the biggest example recently in a couple months ago is, like, my mom and my dad, they're not affectionate. They don't say I love you. Okay. And my uncles, and I told, like, my, my mom, she worked, single mom, she worked all the time. She worked in the nail salon. And, you know, I don't get that affection. And my uncle's like, and I... I kind of resent her because of that because, like, I grew up kind of, like, raising myself and my sister. And my uncle's like, well, what do you expect? That's the Asian way. We're not affectionate. We're not going to tell you I love you. And so that's also a reason why sometimes Asians are not as vocal because that's that's our way. We, we bite you. our tongue so much sometimes, and we do and internalize that pain. And may, maybe you can speak on this, and I feel like as a culture, like Confucianism and Taoism, it's more like, or peace, we don't start, you don't start, you know, BS or anything. Like So, in saying that, so, I know you guys are, what, first generation American or second? Actually, what are you? First, I'm an immigrant. First generation. Uh, I was born here. Okay, so. H-Town. H-Town. <laughs> the thing is, is so, it? So, we can call you like HBC, Houston born. <laughs> no, HBV, Houston born. It's, yeah. <laughs> HBV, right? That's right. a disease, right? Nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. That's HBV. another podcast. Oh, right, right, that's right, another right, podcast. No. <laughs> nah, so. I'm so. vaccinated. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> so, in saying that, I want to know so, is that something 
taught, like in a in in, in like far as like like, like not being vocal towards each other because I because the reason the reason why I'm asking that because now I'm starting to understand if they're if, if Asians are like that with each other. I see why they like that with other races because it's just exactly, who they are. Exactly. That's, of course it's taught. That's called family values. I got you. That's how you that's how you grew up. When you when you come in and you grow up with family and you grew up and your family friends tend to be like other Asians or whatever ethnic group, that's how you learn. I got you. That's 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 how you learn. So mm. you know, but you know, just um but one thing I, I I will mention because you know, just because Asians don't say I love you, um doesn't mean that they don't. Right. They you show know, it a different know, way. They show it very different. Ex- exactly. For example, in um, in Ch- in um, in Chinese, like they're never going to say, you know, I love you, but they're going to, you know, they're going to, you know, which is like, I think in Mandarin is I got, you know, well, I need, which Why is kind of weird. That's, that's, that's actually not correct too, because I is like romantic love. Yeah. So the, all these translation issues, like what is love? Like, you know, but they will say, Nichilama, which means, yet? have you, have you, yeah, did you eat yet? Have you okay. eaten yet? So you they're know, showing some type of they're, 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 the way they show love is to make sure you know you're fed. I got you. And you know if you know if if you eat and you love the food, it makes them really happy. Oh, well, black folks too. Yeah. Yeah. So we got that in common. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> sure. Because like, we have what we call tough love. Like we might have most. It's mostly men. Mostly men don't show affection. They don't laugh. They don't joke. They straight because you know they had to work. So they had to work, come home, and they're not going to say I love you. But like you said, they they're going to buy you something to eat. They're going to make sure mm-hmm. you're, you got a uh, roof over yeah, your head. Bills are paid. Right. Yeah, that's what they show love. Because they don't know how to show emotion. They're not going to say, give me a hug, I love you, and cry emotion. Well, that's you know I mean? that's part of the, you know, um, you know what it means to be a man, right? You know, Correct. You're, you're, the, you're the provider. Right. And you know, like for, you two said, it's similar to Asian culture where the new generation, like all my friends. They cry. Oh, they hug their kids. Love they you. love, which I love, you know, but their dads didn't do it or their grandfathers didn't do right. it. But like my friends do it all the time with their kids. I just want to say that, like I said, I've been exposed <laughs> to many cultures that black grandmas and Asian grandmas are more similar than you think because they <laughs> are not afraid to whoop you on your behind. But they always always fix you a plate, make sure okay. you're fed, and they always slide some money to you. Right, right, <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's, I think, you know how some people, like you said, like Asian people will not speak to you. But if you ever go to a nail salon again or anyone, just say, just start a conversation. And they'll respond to you in broken English, and you'd be surprised. Like, hey, where are you from? When did you come here? Can I just say, yeah. so not to interrupt you, yeah. disclaimer, my nail salons are fabulous. I love all those women so and men that work in them. So yeah. it's not, honestly, it's not when the nail salon. When I walk salon. in mine, they know my name. I'm like, yeah, how y'all yeah. know my name? Yeah, no, the nail, honestly, and I'm not joking. Yeah. The nail salons never where I had the problems. It was honestly other establishments, but I love, yeah. Um, yeah, so. I mean, like I said, nail salons are more intimate, but like I guess like liquor stores or beauty shop that sells wigs, lashes. I could definitely see why. Um, my uncle um, owned a convenience store. I forgot where it was, but it was also hood, <laughs> and um, he got robbed a lot mm. by um, both uh, Mexicans and blacks, Black. yeah. and. He had to sell it not because he was being racist, but he's so Christian and it hurts him to see that human side. And he just, I can't deal with this because I want to have faith in human. I want to instill my religion. And it's just, it really kind of like burns you after a while of of that happening to you because you, he always goes, (laughs) 
in the most Asian. What's up, my brother? Like he always oh, okay. he says hi to people. <laughs> like my uncle is super nice. He's super Catholic, and that happened to him. And I like I understand why. You know, right? The evil, like, I, like I spoke like I spoke earlier. It's, a, it's the evil and good side. There's the evil and good side. And like I said, like I've definitely had happened to me. My nail salon got robbed, but I'm not <laughs> going to carry a chip on my shoulder for a whole entire race because it's a bad apple. It doesn't represent right. the whole batch. And, and and you have to, people need to understand, like, just because someone did you wrong doesn't mean you, the whole group should be blamed Correct. for it, right? Kind of like how COVID is or how, like, the terrorist attacks are or, like, Pearl Harbor. I mean, we were, there was internment camps. Mm-hmm. During the Chinese exclusion, there was lynching of Chinese, too. Like, it was, I think, it was being, not, not on see, um, it was organized by politicians Okay. To lynch Chinese people too. So there's so many acts in history where we get really get screwed up as well. Okay. So yeah. I just want to just you know put that out there and and. But it's, again, it's like part of the part of the thing where our histories aren't being told. Right. So if it's not being told, it doesn't exist. Correct. So and that's, and, and, that's, and I think I think that needs to change. But that, that's why one reason why I want to have you guys on because I'm open to the conversation mm-hmm. with whomever. You know, it could be a redneck white dude. Mm-hmm. If he's willing to have a conversation with me, let me know why you think this way. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm not here. You know, I'm here only for a short period of time. All of us are. Yeah. And and I'm here to do with what I would. God bless me with do the best with it. So if it's, if it's for, you know, some Asian guys that come on and say, okay, well, what's up? Tell me what's going on, blah, blah, blah. I'm with it. You know what I'm saying? I'm, he- I'm open to hear. You know, some things we might disagree with, some things we might agree with. Yeah. But I'm here to he- for the conversation. I think that... W- as a group, right, I think we all need to do that, you know, instead of prejudging each other. Because, you know, we judge each other off of what we see on TV or what we experience, what uh, one of our siblings or whomever, somebody in our family experience, and we go off of that. And we, we are afraid to have a conversation with somebody. And from what you guys are saying, you guys, everybody's open to have a conversation. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, if you go to Beltway 8 and Beechner, there's a store called Viet Hoa, you'll see a lot of black people shopping in there, too. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of Nigerians, a lot of black people. So you, we are more integrated than you you probably uh, experienced. Yeah. It's, and how I met him was at Urban Social. Hey. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. That's hey. how I oh. met him, too. Oh. Hey. <laughs> so you want to tell what Urban Social is? I can't say about Urban Social. So, look, we're going <laughs> to talk about it offline. Uh, okay. So, guys, look, let me, uh, first of all, thank you for coming. Mm-hmm. I want to know, in wrapping up, mm-hmm. solution. What are the solutions for each of us What we need to learn and go and, 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 and push the cultures forward? We're doing it now. Yeah, I this. think it starts with conversation. It starts yeah. with the conversation. The Just if you see someone in Starbucks line or yeah. you're somewhere at the library and you say hi and just compliment them just to break the ice a little bit, just say hi. Or if you go to like a, I don't know, like elevator and just say something really quick and just have small talk, you'd be surprised and how much people will open up to you. Mm. And if I could say don't give up, because true story, if I could just share real Go quick, because it's so relevant. Um, my old cleaners, uh, it was owned by an Asian family. And every week, I was there all the time. And I would go in and say hello. I'd say, hi, thank you. You know, I guess typical American greetings. Please, thank you, our culture, you know. And she would never say anything, the mom. And to your point, son son did a little bit. 
every day for years. This is years, not months and days. But my point, no, my point to this is I never gave up. And just recently, last year, after years of going to that same cleaners and her never addressing me, she finally, I got a little thank you. Or I'll say have a good, I always say have a good day. And she'll go, okay, thanks. She won't say have a good day back. But I finally got it. And really, I was so happy about that because I was like, it's progress. Mm -hmm. And the point is, I didn't give up. And I never, I tried to not, and I'll admit, sometimes I walked away kind of pissed. I'm like, why isn't she saying please or thank you or have a good day? Point being is don't give up. You got to keep trying and keep trying. Always. Yeah. So, guys, let me ask you guys this. Handles. Any handles, any, uh social media that where people could find you. So you guys, if they want to reach out to you guys, just to have a conversation. Um, there's a lot of groups, <laughs> a lot of events. So you want to check out um, on Facebook and all that. There's, there's other organizations besides OCA. There's um, APAHA, Asian Pacific. Um, They're more of a, APAHA is more of a cultural organization. Okay. They don't do, they don't do as much, like they don't do much of the uh, political yeah. advocacy work. Yeah. Okay. Um, in terms of that, um, I would say OCA is probably like the, the most active. The they're the they're the only Asian organization in Houston to actually doing that work. Okay. In terms of things like you know, in terms of like civil rights advocacy, voter engage like voter engagement, just getting people registered to vote. Okay. And uh, FYI, in terms of voting, um, make sure that your driver's license is real ID compliant because there's a good chance that Texas is going to demand that if you show your ID. Uh, in order to vote, that it's real ID compliant, and if it's not, there they may there's a chance that they could to turn you away. So mm-hmm. make sure your make sure your driver's license, your Texas ID. It vote. Yeah, they're making it harder to vote. Voter, you know, voter suppression is right. not not new. Right. So that website is ocahouston.org.org.org. Dot dot org. Okay, you guys go to ocahouston.org. Check that out. Jessica, handle. Uh, and what you got going on? What, what do I got going on? Oh, at Jess Springs, J-E-S-S-P-R-I-N-G-S. I got Takeover Tuesdays every Tuesday, 10 a.m. We just finished our second season, so that's coming back. Congrats. Uh, thank you. Congrats. Yes, awesome. And then um, Black Woman Reborn. Okay. Adam joined us last week yes. and his crew, so that was awesome. So we got a, we all got a lot going on. And can I just say I did take the time to look at the OCA website, and wow, it's phenomenal. There's You all have so many activities going on and things and partners, so I love it. We we, stay, we we try to stay busy. Yeah, I love yeah. it. So hopefully, I can participate in something here in the near future. It is definitely welcome. You could volunteer. You could just show up. Oh, like language. That's another way that you know we you know we get oppressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. You know. You know because they make fun of the accent. You know. Of and they use like sound words like ching chong, and things like that. And uh, that's another way that you know we get oppressed more than other communities. You know because. You know, no one's going to say to a black person, ching chong, whatever. Like, right. Black people don't care. You know, black, you know, you know, there was that whole move movement like what, uh, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, Ebonics. Yeah, Ebonics. Well, oh, that's still, that's been going on forever. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. A whole but nother, that's, but that's the thing is, what's funny, and this is a whole nother conversation. <laughs> it really is. But the black language is the, the world's language because rap, everybody listens to rap. Everybody's dresses, not everybody, but majority of people dresses like oh, rappers. This, this is a different, uh, that, that, this is a different <laughs> segment because you'd be surprised <laughs> on how much R&B and hip-hop yeah, has affected a, a lot of Asian countries, a lot of the music. The world. Mm-hmm. And it's to the point where 
some of these artists are being recognized by you know Drake, Future, like the 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 main mainstream yeah. artists here, and they're like, oh wow, like Higher Brothers or Eighty Eight Rising. Mm-hmm. Um, really surprised like this music's coming up and on YouTube they have like 20 30 million views so oh, they're yeah. global so oh, you you don't yeah. even know absolutely hey look that, like I said that's a whole nother uh, conversation that's a, that's, that's yeah we'll have another. to come back for right. that yeah, part two, this, right? it's, it's gonna be more of like is it appropriation that, mm. that's a different that, that right. is that's a good, a diff- yeah that's discussion. a different conversation very good discussion so guys uh, man like I said man, I appreciate you guys uh, Vivian and Eugene coming on Jessica appreciate you coming on to be the co-host uh, guys uh, make sure you tune in to Costly Distinct Podcast. We on everything you know. We uh, you know you know how to get in contact with me. Uh, next week we got something special for y'all. Also, we got a dating game, so we got some singles in Houston. Oh so uh, <laughs> I'm not single. You get single. <laughs> we got some singles in Houston next week, so you guys make sure you tune Eugene. into that. <laughs> and another happy uh, Juneteenth to everybody. Happy Juneteenth. Yep. Happy Juneteenth. Guys, definitely. This is the Costly Distinct Podcast signing off. Peace.